celebrating over two decades of consecutive broadcasts on the great game of horse racing in Las Vegas. The Race Day Las Vegas show thanks all of our listeners and sponsors for your appreciated support. The following is a Race Day Las Vegas presentation in association with Sirocco Productions Limited on the Race Day Las Vegas radio network. Gaming capital of the world, time for Race Day Las Vegas, covering the sport of kings with a Las Vegas perspective. Now to the race desk with your host, Ralph Sirocco. From the backstretch to the turf club, at the race books and on the internet, to all horse players around the world, a good morning. Alrighty, good morning, everybody. Did I wake you? Welcome to the Race Day Las Vegas radio program for this uh, Wednesday morning, the 15th day of February, 2023. That is, of course, 2152023. That is your date. We welcome you to the show as we start another week of broadcasting uh, coverage of race and sports. Las Vegas style, from your gaming capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, right here at our studio station, home base Sports Talk, 1400 AM in Las Vegas. Of course, we cover the world, you know, through the many different platforms of streaming that we have, like on our websites, racedaylasvegas.com.vegas.world.global. We're streaming there. Warrior Devices. Us old folks used to call them cell phones. You can get your app for your device, your KSHP app, the radio station app. So you can stick it on your device so you can hear us now on your iPhones or your Androids or your iPads or Pod Pods, uh, however. And, of course, uh, wherever you get your podcasting as well, we're there. So we welcome you, however, wherever, whenever, to the Race Day Show. Looking out the uh, studio window. Here in Las Vegas, 10 minutes after 7 a.m. Pacific time, it is clear, the sun is shining, the sky is blue, the ground is dry, and it's cold. We have wind as well, making a wind chill factor as well. 39 degrees right now here in Las Vegas. We're going to get up to 55. We're topping out at 55, and the wind is going to be with us. It started out zipping through here yesterday. Weatherman says we're going to put up with this wind until about 11 o'clock to noon today, and then it'll settle down, but it'll still be cold out there. We're going to be uh, this type of temperature, mid-high 30s overnight, and uh, the low to the mid-50s throughout the week until we get to Saturday and Sunday, right around the weekend. Then we're going to pump it up to the 60s. And so you expect this type of weather here in in the middle of February, not a problem. And hopefully the weather around the country is as nice or better than it is here. L.A. will be 62 today, Miami 79, Tampa 83, wow. Even Jacksonville, Florida 81. But then you get up uh, Washington 69 degrees, New York 64, gosh darn it, they're, they're, they're warmer than we are. But then you get up uh, right there at the northern border between Canada and the good old U.S. of A., and that's where you find the the sub-freezing temperatures, 21 and 25 in International Falls, etc., Minneapolis, 34. So it's typical winter weather around the country. As far as uh, any precipitation, etc., well, there's, there's snow going on over uh, Colorado and New Mexico, Colorado's got a lot of snow, and we're happy for that here in Las Vegas, here in the southwest, because the snowpack there and the melting of that snowpack into the Colorado River rolls right down to us into Lake Mead, and we need the water. So we thank you there, Mother Nature, for that sequence. 
And then, of course, we've got uh, some action going on, minimal, Alabama, Mississippi, etc. And some action in the around the Great Lakes area and up into Canada, of course, it's snowing. But for all intents and purposes, looks pretty clear, especially in Florida, where we have uh, some racing at Tampa and, and Gulfstream today. So Florida seems clear. And they, the Gulf is clear. And the Pacific Coast is clear. So we're, we're looking pretty good for this uh, start of a new week post-Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, what a Super Bowl it was, right? Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. Well, to give you a little bit of uh, how our Las Vegas uh, sports books did, uh, the win percentage, the money that they kept, was 7.4%. That was their profit margin, 7.4% this year. The wagers, $153,183,002 here in the state, just the state of Nevada. This is just the state of Nevada. All right, so that equates to the books winning about uh, 11 point, uh, almost $11.3 million. Now, that is not the largest. As a matter of fact, that is the fourth largest handle ever. The largest one was in uh, last year, 179 million. 800,000 plus was uh, gambled. The highest win ever for the books goes back to 2014. They held 16.5%, which was almost $20 million of 119,400,000 plus. When Seattle beat Denver forty-three to eight, so this was good, and I'll tell you why. It was good because one of the major, one of the major sports books in this town that has more sports books than any other one, William Hill, their sports betting app went down. Went down. Hours, hours before the Super Bowl and continued to be down at the kickoff and during the Super Bowl. So how much money do you think we lost with the the book, William Hill, who has more outlets in Nevada than any other sports book, and their phone apps being down? And, you know, the new genre, the the new thing to do, and the growth in sports betting is in-game betting, where you have your app and you can bet like every play, etc. All that was lost at uh, William Hill, down. As a matter of fact, the Gaming Control Board is investigating now. That system went down. People are still waiting to get paid off on early bets on William Hill. They, They had a mess there for Super Bowl. Everybody else had a banner day here in Las Vegas. And certainly this, the South Point, what a day they had there. place was packed everywhere. Big ballrooms, the multitude of ballrooms, lounges, sports book, the race book, as soon as the races were over, turned into more seats, etc. and the big screens for the Super Bowl. It was packed all over the place. Everybody had a good time. Glad to see there was uh, everybody kept their cool, too. And what a game it was, right? Kansas City beating Philadelphia 38-35. It was a tie game with eight seconds left in the Super Bowl. And that was one of the prop bets that <laughs> that was bet in the Super Bowl. But uh, Kansas City kicked the field goal and won it by three. So the people who had uh, winning the game by three won their prop bets. The big prop bet loss of the day was uh, the defensive uh, play. When uh, the uh, Jalen Hurts fumbled and the Chiefs linebacker Nick Bolton scooped up the football and ran 36 yards for a touchdown. So the defensive touchdown prop won. Now, the most popular props outside of the ones that uh, that are centered around the players, because those those are low, those are low 
uh, money props, minus 110, minus 120, all the ones for the players. But the, the props, the situational props, like uh, uh, safety, going into overtime, um, and uh, two-point conversion, which happened. So that one. So And defensive uh, defensive touchdown. So the defensive touchdown and the two-point conversion happened which cut into the profits of a lot of the books because a lot of people like to get it because they're, they're big plus bets, you know, like plus 200, plus 450, for example, for the overtime. So they, uh, some of the books lost money on the props, but they gained money and they made money, like I said, overall, the books here in Nevada without the participation of all those folks in all those places that William Hill was in they still won 7.4% and handled over $153 million just in the state of Nevada. And you got to remember, too, that now with the sports betting all over the country, or in most places in the country now legally, and especially in Arizona, and especially at the stadium, they, they have a sports book in the stadium in Arizona where they played the Super Bowl. So all those people who, in earlier days would stop take a stop in Vegas to make a bet and then get to the game now just go to the game and bet there so all in all it was a banner day for Las Vegas all in all it was a banner day for the NFL it was a great Super Bowl overall a great Super Bowl the only the only uh thing that you could say was uh, controversial was uh, James Bradbury's penalty on the final drive a huge moment in there where he was uh, caught for holding and uh, Kansas City got a new fresh set of downs. They killed the clock and kicked the field goal in one. And I guess to get off the hook for a penal- uh, for, for the penalty, uh, Bradbury said after the game, he said, it was a holding. I tugged his jersey, but I was hoping they would let it slide. The only controversy, but a controversy that, uh, you know, produced the outcome of the game. And it was nice to see Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin making it to the Super Bowl and the halftime production of Grammy Award winner Rihanna. It was just a, just a great a Super Bowl overall. Town had a great time. They had a great time there, etc. And now we move to our great time to our centerpiece, to our most famous event. And, of course, that's the Kentucky Derby. And we have 80 days to, to gain a little, uh, you know, uh, groundswell for the Kentucky Derby. And so it goes. This week, uh, by the way, uh, just in case you're wondering, the books have won 31 out of the last 33 years in the Super Bowl. They've won 31 out of the last 33. They only took a hit. Two out of the last 33, so they're okay. All righty. Aqueduct will have an early pick five carryover of $285,000 plus because on Sunday they didn't hit it. For the early pick four at Aqueduct on Sunday that produced winners of 1160 $1260, $54.50 and 3360. That pick 4 paid 97,879 and 75 cents. Nobody had 5. So you got a carryover in the early pick 5 for Friday at Aqueduct. This is not a jackpot, it's a 285 grand plus. So that's going to doll up Friday as we move into the uh, weekend. Jerry J. had a reverse play win on uh, f- uh, Sunday at Aqueduct. Uh, the dollar reverse exact uh, paid $6.90. The Broadway stakes at Aqueduct on Sunday won by Funny How at twelve sixty. Santa Anita. I want to thank Jonathan Ardoon for the winner of the first race at Santa Anita on Sunday. And don't forget that first post time was 11 a.m. Hope you had it. Smart Monique reports home, paying $6 even for Kyle Frey. Kyle came back and won the second race, so he won the early double on Sunday. And the Lady of Shanrock Stakes at uh, Santa Anita was won by A.G. Bullet. Frankie Dettori taking over for the injured Joey Bravo for Mr. Papa Padroma. 
$6.40 for the Shamrock win, outrunning the Wild Grazer and Princess Bettina. Uh, pick five, uh, pick six at Sandy to the jackpot. Pick six paid 2256 32 so plenty of people had that. And as far as Gulfstream Park was concerned, they have a jackpot too, their 20-cent jackpot. But listen to this. The winners were $98. That started out the pick six. Then he had twenty-four eighty-seven sixty, three sixty, twelve, even in six eighty. Six out of six for the twenty cent bet paid twenty thousand nine hundred thirty-five dollars and sixty-two cents on Sunday at Gulfstream. That was a good payoff. And another big payoff. Early pick five at Oakland Park, twenty-nine twenty, six twenty, twenty-two dollars, four even and seventeen even. The early pick five at Oakland paid twenty thousand four fifty one seventy five. So I got to tell you, all those peeps at the racetrack on Sunday, if they connected the dots in those pick fives, etc., they had plenty of money to bet the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's for sure. All righty. Now, of course, this week uh, we have uh, a big race coming up. This is the first race in the Kentucky Derby uh, series on the road to the Kentucky Derby that will yield 50 leaderboard points for the winner. That is the Risen Star coming up on Saturday at the fairgrounds on a day with a bunch of multiple stakes races highlighted by the $400,000 Risen Star, which is a grade two at a mile and one-eighth, but it holds 50 points now. We're getting into the 50-pointers for the Kentucky Derby leaderboard. And uh, they got a full field, 14 are entered. The one is quiet as midnight. The two is single ruler. The three is shack diesel. The four determinedly. Uh, that's a uh, uh, entry by uh, Mark Cassie. Going to have Ray Lou Gutierrez aboard. Harlow Cap, Steve Asmussen. Harlow Cap, a son of Justify, gets John Velasquez. Angel of Empire with Luis Saez for Brad Cox. You got Sun Thunder. Kenny McPeak entry with Brian Hernandez Jr. Tappet Conquest, another son of Tappet. Florent Garo for Brad Cox. Curly Jack. You remember him, Curly Jack now. Tom Amos' horse. Two Phils is in the race. Silver Heist, another Asmussen trainee. Croopy. The son of Curlin, James Graham's going to ride for Todd Pletcher. Victory Formation, who should be the favorite in this race. Flavian Pratt flying in to ride for Brad Cox. So Cox, I think, has three in the race. And Private Creed, another Asmussen horse. So Asmussen and uh, Cox have several entrants in the uh, three apiece in the Risen Star on Saturday. And that's the big race on Saturday for the Kentucky Derby considerations all right okay on today's show we got tommy massa stopping by jonathan hardoon is standing by see if he's got anything to say about uh, a soapbox uh, presentation there john lindo will be by to uh, give us an update on uh, his views of uh, things and uh, maybe even jerry jackowitz with a uh, gaming tip or two a betting tip or two maybe jerry we'll see if he wakes up in time <laughs> in any case by the way, uh, Aqueduct also has a pick six carryover. They got that early pick five of 285000 uh, and they got a pick six carryover of 40771 All of that for Friday. So Friday, Aqueduct's going to kick off the weekend with a lot of good pots going for carryovers on Friday. But we got to look at Wednesday, don't we? We'll be right back. Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's Racebook has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the Racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our Racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service, bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. 
Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. from drf.com is the exclusive past performance content provider for the race day las vegas show all righty some updates on the hossies now cave rock one of the nation's leading two-year-olds and uh, anticipated to be one of the uh, best three-year-olds this year has resumed workouts for the first time since his second place finish in the breeders cup juvenile at keeneland cave rock worked out so he's back on the work tab and uh, newgrange who won his four-year-old debut, remember, back on January 28th at uh, Santa Anita in the San Pasquale. He's scheduled uh, for the Grade 1 Santa Anita Handicap coming up on the uh, first weekend of March. So some of the horses working out there. All right, time to get started. We need to get you your uh, menu of racetracks available today in the Racebook Simulcast Anderson Racetracks around the country, reminding you... As we always do, first post times, we broadcast on the show each and every day, reflect out at the Pacific time zone. That's where we're at here in Las Vegas. These will be the first post times that roll out in our race books. We are in the Pacific time zone. Now, if you're listening on the websites, if you're listening on the apps, if you're listening on podcasting, if you're listening on a gold tooth filling, however, wherever, whenever, first post times Pacific, if not in it, adjust to it. I don't want to to miss anything like I miss mom and dad, okay? Here then is the menu for today. We begin with Parks Racing. Now, Parks Racing has all those jackpots going on in the pick five. They had a big payoff the other day, but the pick five jackpot today at Parks Racing, one of them is $46,177. The other one, $30,930. Couple of pick six jackpot carryovers at Parks Racing today. Their first post time is 8.55. Then we get to Gulfstream Park. Gulfstream Parks, pick six carryover. Yeah. Jackpot carryover at uh, Gulfstream today for the pick six, $403,863. That's the cash in the jackpot. Single ticket winner will take down more. First post time. At Gulfstream is 9-10. 9-10, first post there. Tampa Bay Downs is next. Their pick six jackpot carryover, $33,665. Their first post time is 9.30 a.m. Pacific time, 9.30. Then we get to Mahoning Valley. Now, Mahoning Valley canceled races 5 through 8 yesterday. They said it was a management decision. Keep that in mind. They're scheduled to go today, Mahoning Valley. First post time, 9.35. Then next, in line is Turf Paradise in Phoenix, Arizona, where yesterday their pick six jackpot was hit for 20 uh, 20 cents. Pick six jackpot hit for 20 cents yesterday, Turf Paradise, 46,766 yesterday. Today, Turf Paradise has a first post time of 11.55, 11.55 today at Turf Paradise. Next is Turfway Park. You go all the way to 2.55 this afternoon for the first race at Turfway Park. Their pick six jackpot carryover, $24,132. They also have a super high five carryover, a regular super high five carryover, $3,587. And a first post time at Turfway Park at 2.55. Then we go to Penn National. Bill kick off at 3 p.m. 3 p.m. first post at Penn National. And then we wind it up with Delta Downs. First post time 3.20. And Charlestown, which has a pick six jackpot carryover of 27,495. Charlestown's first post time is 4 p.m. That's your menu of racetracks available today. All right. Okay, now time to get started. We're going to go to Tommy Massa standing by, and then we'll get to uh, Mr. Jonathan Artoon. Tommy, good morning. Tommy, good, good morning. morning. Good morning, everyone. How you doing? Can man? you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear yeah, me? Good morning. Okay. Um, yes, perfectly. Well, what did you think of the Super Bowl, huh? 
Well, you cursed me that you have to mention 25 to 1 on the Eagles scoring 35 points. <laughs> <laughs> Sucked you right in there, didn't we? Well, I can't get on my uh, Canadian apps down in Florida. You need geolocating. So I call my friend and he goes, 25 to 1, that should be 100 to 1. I go, just go look, see if you find more. After the, you know what he's telling me after the game? I should have bet it. Like, well, you stopped me from betting it, you banana. <laughs> I go, you, now you should have bet it. Yeah, in unbelievable. Any, in any case, uh, it's it's those uh, those situational uh, propositions that are the ones with the big prices. But uh, n- nevertheless, it was a good game and uh, great racing went on on Sunday uh, down south at G- Gulfstream Park over the weekend. That's for sure. That's for sure. I enjoyed the game. I hated the way it was ended, but it is what it is. Certainly, uh, that's for sure. All right. Well, what do we got today at Gulfstream? We're going to start off, my, my preferred play of the day is in race six, number one, Thrilling Baby. Uh, Thrilling Baby had a real bad wide trip last time, is inside this time, and I think Thrilling Baby is going to get a perfect setup. And I'm going to box Thrilling Baby with uh, number number five, Kosia, who, who ran in behind, uh, who ran in behind uh, Thrilling Baby last time, and I don't know if it matters. Robert DeBono's barn was in that Queen Herpes lockdown for a while, and I don't know if it's going to affect this horse's conditioning. I don't know, but I'm playing number one, Thrilling Baby, and boxing with number five, Kosia. All right. So in the sixth race at uh, Gulfstream today, you like the one, Thrilling Baby, which is a nine to two on the morning line. Uh, Mr. Reyes will ride, and you're going to couple it with the five, Kosia. At six to one, so you got the one five combination. Are you going to reverse it? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, so the one five box, and uh, and the, the one would be the win bet. Yeah, and I press, I press, the, I'll press the one, the one five more than the five one. Okay, so that that uh, you're going to get a one five more than the uh, five one. All righty, what? Uh, anything else? Yeah, race eight, number eight. Uh, Number eight, Sammy's Town. Uh, two starts back, kind of turned the corner. You know, going from a 20 beaten race to a 16 open is like a lateral move, if not a move up in class. All of a sudden, ran a great race, ran even a better race last time. I don't know if this horse is just hitting form or maybe it has something to do with Chantel Sutherland and the horse agree with each other. She's ridden it in the past on the turf, going five, where it was competitive. So I'm going to take a nice shot on number eight, Sammy's Town, especially with the scratch of La Chica Lateral, who would have been a real pain on the front end. Yeah, the uh, four La Chica Lateral is out. And so uh, you like the eight, Sammy's Town, with Chantel Southern on the board. Uh, this is a, a race that um, that is an optional claiming race. And out of all of the horses in the race, this is the only one that's in for a tag for 25000 yeah, all it means is she probably won this class already, I think. Okay, so Sammy's Town, the eight horse, is the... Uh, de- I don't know that much about this trainer, Lutchman, do you? No, no. All I know is this horse went from no form, and when they turn the corner like that and, yeah. you know, run a good race and then come back with an even better race, if this horse improves one more time, it really puts this horse in the thick of things here. Fantastic. You know, <laughs> maybe over the top in this field. Yeah, and the morning line at 20 to 1, you certainly will take a chance on a horse that's, uh, that showed improvement. Maybe the light just went on for this horse. Eighth race, number eight. And uh, if there's anything else, we'll take it. If not, uh, we'll nope. let, let you go. That's it. No, good luck, everyone, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah, uh, one more quick thing. Did you notice anything at Gulfstream in the uh, last week that you've been playing that the race players should know when they're handicapping today? Yeah, I know uh, our, our best trainer in Canada is a young man by the name of Kevin Attard. He was yeah. 0 for 20, finally win with a with a real well-manned first or a real nice horse, uh-huh. and I keep a close eye on Kevin, you know, he he don't want to be one for twenty. He wants to be ten for twenty, and you know he's he's got a couple in today. But I would just keep an extra, take an extra look at his horses because right, well, they improve with time down here. So that's what I'm looking out for. All right, Kevin Attard, uh, keep an eye on his horses because he uh, he's a much better trainer than that stat shows. That's for sure. Hey, thanks a lot, uh, Tommy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You got it. Good luck, everyone. All right. You got it, my man. Now we're going to go to Jonathan Hardoon, and uh, I will 
ask Jonathan, as I did Tommy, uh, your thoughts uh, about the Super Bowl now. Well, it certainly was a terrific game, and uh, you just can't make the call that they made. Yes, it really was holding, but at that point in the game, Rob, listen, I needed Kansas City, so I was tickled as pink, but you don't make that call. You know, uh, it could have gone either way, and uh, at that point in the game, it's a Super Bowl. It's like coming down the stretch in a derby. They're going to allow an extra bump or two. You know, you don't see horses come down in those kind of races. Well, you shouldn't see calls like that at that point of the game, no matter which side you had. You know, I I pulled his. Uh, I I saw him pull his jersey. I didn't think it, it was enough to knock him off stride because he was in full stride. But I got to tell you, that looked like a ball that couldn't have been caught if he didn't. Touch exactly. Him. Not only that, Ralph. They do that on every play. If you're looking to nitpick, you could find a call on every single play in football. They're either always holding, always illegal yeah. hands to the face, or whatever, and uh, they yeah. can make a call anytime they want. That's the one bad thing about this sport. It yeah. shouldn't be in the in the referee's hands to make it, you know, for the deciding to, to decide a Super Bowl. Well, maybe maybe uh, the NFL ought to take a look at where you can throw a challenge flag. If maybe you can throw a challenge flag on certain plays like that, where you have yeah, but the, 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 even even the defensive back said I did it. He said yeah, I did. I it. So there was no question that he did it. You know, that's not the question. But the question is, do you was it enough that? To turn, you know, for him to catch the ball, no, he wasn't yeah. catching up the pass anyway. Look, so, if you want, a, if you want to take my opinion, if you want to take a look at uh, all the things that surrounded this Super Bowl, the one universal thing that I think was uh, a detriment to uh, the total performances, w- without any, you know, uh, things to to bother them, was the field. That field looked slippery. I mean, it was, they, these guys were slipping all day. Yeah, and they were changing shoes all day. And yeah. by the way, the coaching, obviously, they made adjustments at the half because Philadelphia <laughs> came out as a different, you know, we, we said that earlier, that, that that he had a big coaching advantage. He's been there before. He yeah. won the Super Bowl before Andy Reid. He obviously made adjustments at halftime. It was a completely different team coming out in the second half. Yeah, the uh, the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles came back uh, after the uh, first half and played like they did in the first half, and the Kansas City adjusted to that. <laughs> and all all I can say is, yeah. remember when we were talking? I said when when it comes this close, when the when the point spread is this close, and all of the analysis from one side and the other from all these professional handicappers have it in a fifty fifty situation. The last thing you ought to look at is uh, the the coaches, the experience of the coaches, and it certainly uh, you know fell Andy uh, Reid's way. That's for sure. Well, it, it was an exciting it's game. Like horse ra- it's like horse racing, Ralph. You go to the train and like you're deciding between two horses. Well, I'm going to go to this train because. Uh... Hello. Whatever. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought uh, I thought we had lost you there for a minute. All right, so is that your soapbox for today? They, 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 that's it. That's it, okay. That's it. All right, you don't, uh, nothing By else. the way, we, uh, horse racing lost a terrific ambassador last night. Uh, the old trainer for yeah. Calumet. Yeah, Mr. Veach. Mr. Veach. Yeah, and he, he trained uh, Alidar. He you cer- know, yeah, he uh, certainly one did. One of the greatest rivalries in horse racing history, and... Uh, he will be missed. He was a good guy. He really was. Yeah. Hall of Fame trainer John Veach, who trained the great Ali Dar. And without Ali Dar, Affirmed wouldn't have been uh, declared a great horse because Ali Dar pushed him to greatness. That's for sure. A horse, Ali Dar, you know, could have been every inch as good, if not better than Affirmed, if they could have just taught him to change leads. He was always on the wrong lead, this horse. And they couldn't get him yeah, to change it. And- he was, he was born the wrong year because the year before, a year after, and uh, <laughs> it would have been affirmed and Ali Dar, and they yeah. both would have won triple crowns, I think, personally. Yeah, but John Veach, who trained uh, the great Ali Dar, and many other great horses, because John Veach was a great horse. He was also a racing official, etc. Uh, he he passed away at 77 uh, at, uh, I, I, in Lexington, Kentucky. He was just... His his career, as far as trainers, spanned from 1974 to 2003. Four champions he trained, including Ali Dara. It was before Don Devana, Dale, R. Mims, and Sunshine Forever. And, of course, uh, 
He trained for Calumet Farms. He was Farm. the boss for Calumet Farms for many years when they were great. Yeah. You know, when he put them really on the map and made them famous, I yeah. think. No question about that, John Veach. And what a great person he was, too. He was just a fantastic individual. You know, we lost John Veach. We lost, uh, of course, Burt Bacharach, uh, uh, you know, last week. And by the way, as irony would have it, one of Burt Bacharach's greatest uh, horses that he owned, Afternoon Delights, uh, passed away. Uh, a recent passing within a week of Burt Backrack, he passed away, I guess, yesterday or the day before. So it's a, it's it's kind of ironic, I guess, in a way. But anyhow, and it's crazy. Every time you read headlines these days and you see a trainer's name, you know if you're going to the next line, someone passed away. It's yep. just you know people are getting older, and uh, that's just the way life goes. But it's a little sad and depressing, but we move on. Well, yes, uh, that's for sure. And by the way, uh, n- not to uh, forget, uh, one of the accomplished owners and breeders of all time, Diana uh, Firestone, also passed uh, away. Yeah. She was 91, but uh, she was... Uh, Foolish pleasure days. Yep, that's right. All righty. Well, uh, let's get on to some uh, uh, stuff today. Get, let's get some positives going, like a couple of winners here. Okay, well, Tommy took Thrilling Baby from me in the sixth, so I'm going to pull an audible here and go to the seventh race. And you guys were talking about Kevin Attard, the trainer. Well, he trains the one horse in here, Cape Cod, the six-year-old gelding. His last race was on the turf. Previous races were on synthetic at Woodbine. He's better on the all-weather. He returns to it today. You're getting eight to one on the morning line. Javier Castellano aboard to ride. Yeah. I like number one, Cape Cod, to upset and win today. Seventh race out of Gulf Street. Castellano was having a hell of a meet. In fact, he's been resurgent since he got, I guess, uh, changed agents, didn't he? I mean, he, he's really resurgent now. And, of course, um, he's having a hell of a meet down at Gulfstream. I believe he won four races on Saturday, did he not? Yeah, Ralph, if someone would tell you that Javier Castellano would have had 59 wins at this point in the meet, and Joel Rosario has, I think, 11 or 12, yeah, he would huh? say you're crazy. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Castellano, and we know that Kevin Attard's a much better trainer than that stat that uh, Tommy just gave us. So a nice 8-1 to one right. on the morning line, the one Cape Cod in the seventh race there. And by the way, you said that Tommy uh, took your horse in the sixth race, the one. So you like the one thrilling baby too, right? So we got a double whammy there. Yes, I do. Okay. That so was we... going to be my radio play, but. All right. So we are. Tommy went on first, so he got it. We're going to make that the race day. Good housekeeping seal of approval uh, pick <laughs> of the day. Uh, but yeah, in the seventh race, you like the one. So I got a rolling double going. I'm going to do a one, one double from the sixth to the seventh race. That's a good steal. What yeah, else? I think Tommy gave out a horse in the eighth, so now you're really oh, in trouble. You got pick three stores. Yeah, I got a, I got a, I got a pick three going. Uh, you know, you're, we're happy to take a selection in the ninth if you want to give it to us. <laughs> no, actually, we're going to go to Tampa Bay and uh, look at their eighth race. It's seven furlongs on the main track, and I like the number seven horse in here, Clay's Moonstone, six-year-old mare from the John Arnett barn. This horse is listed at four to one on the morning line. She fires every time. She draws a good outside box going seven. Sammy Camacho aboard to ride. I like number seven, Clay's Moonstone, to win today's eighth race out of Tampa Bay. Down. All right, the eighth race at Tampa Bay. It should be the weather should be fine in, in both places, that's for sure. In the eighth race at Tampa Bay, you like the seven, Clay's Moonstone. Camacho uh, at four to one on the morning line in a seven horse field going seven furlongs. That's a good place to be going seven furlongs outside. You get a lot of, you got a lot of uh, stretch to go before you can ni- take a nice position you, going into the turn. Yeah, yeah, you got options when you're drawing outside. You could sit, you can yeah. take back. You see what's going inside, or going on inside of you. When you draw inside, you're forced to use your horse for position. And Camacho so is better to, yeah. Camacho, uh, definitely. And Camacho is uh, one of the top riders there at Tampa Bay, right? Yes, sir. Okay. You got sheets then, uh, handicapping sheets, full handicapping sheets uh, for all of Florida today, Tampa Bay, and Gulfstream at your uh, your website. Yeah, New York doesn't resume till Friday, and like you were saying, uh, carryovers galore. And uh, yeah. they always, there was almost a carryover in the late pick five as well, so... The bombs were dropping on Sunday. Ooh, were they in ever? South Ozone Park. Please. I mean, <laughs> that was a bing, bing, bing. I mean, I'm sitting there going, when is this going to stop? And 
It stopped when the ra- and it stopped when the rate stopped when the races were over. That's what it when it stopped. All righty. Thanks a lot, Jonathan. Thanks, Ralph. Stay safe and be well. All right, you got it, my man. And we will uh, we'll be in search of John Lindo to see what he thought about the Super Bowl right after this. Don't go away. Bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's race book has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service, bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. Race Day Las Vegas Show, the only exclusive daily local media racing information source in Las Vegas. All right, back on Race Day Las Vegas, and now we're going to go and uh, check out uh, John Lindo. John, good morning. Good morning, Ralph. How are you doing? Doing fine. The, uh, the town has survived another Super Bowl. Everybody's getting back to work now here in Las Vegas. And I know that Santa Anita, after the races were over, uh, they held a, a little bit of a party there for the Super Bowl as well, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Uh, you know, that's why they finished a little bit early so people can just relax, uh, you know, have something to drink and watch the game. And it was an entertaining game from start to finish. So that was a lot of fun. You know, I got to tell you that although Kansas City uh, did the adjustment of a, of a lifetime and came back and won the game uh, in overtime, you can't overlook the performance that Jason Hurts had because even though he wasn't uh, victorious, he set a Super Bowl record with three rushing touchdowns and completed 27 of 38 passes for over 300 yards in a losing effort. Oh, he had that one fumble, but besides that, he played such a great game. Yeah. And, and I, my favorite play in football is watching Philadelphia with those quarterback sneaks. It's, it's just, it's, you pile them up. There's no way you can stop that. It's just fun to watch. It's like a tractor mowing over 300 pound, you know, uh, defensive guys. I mean, it was like they knew it was coming, couldn't stop it. Can't stop it. No, it's a rugby scrum and they have the advantage. They know when they're going to, the ball's going to be hiked. Yeah. And I got to tell you, that uh, the this Super Bowl in its scoring in the prop bets and all that, except for that one call at the end of the game, uh, did everything that uh, people anticipated to do. It was going to be a good game. It was going to be a tight game by virtue of the point spread. It, they were telling that they thought it would be a tight game, and all but eight seconds going into overtime, it would have been uh, just an absolute all-time uh, type of game. But it, it turned out to be great. Well, I couldn't believe there was a proposition on whether or not the kickers would hit the crossbar. Who thought of that? Yeah, that's unbelievable. Well, well, you know, that's, I mean, we got gazillions of pages. You know, you, you think of every scenario, that's for sure. And the doink one as well. So uh, <laughs> it was an amazing, amazing time, that's for sure. Well, uh, we uh, moved to the next week at Santa Anita. We, we got one uh, Kentucky Derby uh, leaderboard point uh, race uh, this week. Comes down in New Orleans at... Uh, at the fairgrounds in the uh, Risen Star. And, and of course, uh, we're still waiting for the uh, Bob Baffert situation. But, uh, boy, does he have a lot of three-year-olds that got to go somewhere to some people if uh, they don't settle this thing, huh? Right. And we saw Cave Rock get on the work tab for yeah. the first time come, as a three-year-old on Monday. Worked a half a mile and 47 and change. So I don't think it's going to take very long to get him ready. And, and you mentioned the Bob Baffert horses and Harlow Campus at Fairgrounds. He's now trained by Steve Asbussen, so there's one change. And then as a, as a note for handicappers and horse players for Friday, mm-hmm. note that the first post time for Santa Anita will be 1 p.m. It's usually 1230. It'll be 1 p.m. They could only fill seven races on Friday. Ooh, 
with the four, with the four day week, you know, they're very afraid of, of, you know, not having enough to go around. So even though there was eight races in the condition book plus thirteen extra races, they wow. could only fill seven on Friday. Well, I can tell you this, uh, like you mentioned, it's a four day week because coming up Monday is a President's Day holiday. They clumped all the presidents into one day. They're going to celebrate President's Day on Monday. And Santa Anita will have a President's Day racing card, which means they're going to go four straight days. And uh, the racing office, I'll give them a high five. They really tried to fill eight races. The horsemen uh, just didn't have the horses to do it. When you have 13 extras and you can't get it done, it's uh, the horsemen that are not responding, certainly not the racing office. Well, the horsemen want to run. It's just a matter of inventory. You know, is there enough to run against yeah. one another? And yeah. uh, for Saturday, looking at the condition book online, there are ten races scheduled for Saturday. There are twelve extra, or thirteen extra races. Uh, you know, on the overnight, so the horsemen will be entering twenty-three races today. Hopefully, trying to fill ten for Saturday. Now, uh, John, you keep a track on what's going on on the off days as far as track maintenance. So when we get to Friday, we'll take a look at what they're they're doing on the track but uh, the weather conditions uh, seem to be perfect in southern california right now so it should be a minimal maintenance uh, uh, difference well I, the only thing i can tell you it's been very windy uh, you know and and this morning too uh, i talked to my trainer bill spar he said it's it's been windy it's hard to keep water on that racetrack right now because mm. uh, the wind is drying it out so you know the, it, it we'll see how it plays I, I think the winds are supposed to die down like they are in las vegas so uh, we should be okay uh, by Friday, but windy conditions right now at Arcadia. Yeah, and uh, we're getting the high winds here, too, and uh, our winds are supposed to subside about 11 o'clock this morning, but we had uh, quite a few, uh, quite a bit of uh, wind over uh, uh, yesterday, that's for sure. Same thing here, and uh, all that stuff wound up in the pool, no doubt, but uh, we'll uh, we'll get it done. Absolutely, and uh, you, I heard you guys talking about the Super Bowl. The only thing I wanted to mention, Ralph, is that uh, you know you watch Patrick Mahomes go into the locker room at halftime hobbling like an old claimer. <laughs> he came back out looking like Secretariat. So yeah. On Twitter, I put up the, the Super Bowl MVP had to be the Kansas City team doctor. That, yeah, you yeah. know, they got him right in a hurry. I'll tell you that. Yeah, and and you, you also said uh, you also said something about him going on the vets list. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he, I'm guessing he didn't cool out too well for Monday morning. Yeah, that's for sure. As we look at uh, all of the uh, uh, particular things that are happening in racing with the passing of John Veach and, of course, uh, Burt Backrack, and how ironic that his, uh, one of his top horse of all time, Afternoon Delights, also uh, passed away this week. Uh, it's kind of, uh, kind of, I don't know, maybe uh, divine appropriateness, I guess you would call it. But, uh, you know, looking ahead to what's going on on the racetracks here, Steve Asmussen is close to 10,000, 10,000 wins in his career. He's three away. He has 997 right now, and he does have uh, three entries today, so he might be able to actually do it today if all three of his horses win. But what an astonishing record for a trainer. Even for a jockey, it's a hell of a plateau. 10,000 winners, much less starters. That That's just an incredible number for a trainer. And, uh, yeah, he'll get it this week because with all the starts he runs around the country, only three away. <clears throat> but that that's a mind-boggling number. Yeah, no question about that. And in the meantime, of course, on the other end is Bob Baffert uh, with his fights in the court. I guess the latest is they denied his lawyer's request to recuse the uh, judge. So that thing will go on and on and on. But he, th th these owners got to make a decision by the end of the month, right? Well, that's what they need a ruling before February 28th. And then once they get the ruling, they'll know if they have to move the, the horses out of the Baffert stable and they have to move those horses by the end of the month to be eligible to get qualifying points in March and April. So uh, the deadline coming up. So we'll know in the next week or two what's going to happen there. All right. Uh, Linda report for this week. Uh, we've got uh, Gulfstream Park tomorrow. And then uh, for the four days of Santa Anita, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. All right. You got it, my man. So we will talk to you tomorrow about uh, Gulfstream Park, huh? Yeah, I'll be ready to go. All right. You got it, my man. Thanks a lot. All right. Good luck today. All righty. Now we're going to bring in Jerry Jackowitz, who just called, folks. So don't tell him. Don't please don't email me about <laughs> giving uh, Jerry just a few minutes left. He just called, so he's got a minute and a half to say whatever he wants. Yeah. Good morning. Well, I got a really good email th uh, this week about 
betting um, exact the way I set up what I call a, a pop-out key, and I bet them okay. both to win and place in exactors and mm-hmm. spreads. And um, what happens if you have two in a row? Should you play them the same way each way, or should you make a daily double in between? And uh, because, like, you get two pop-out keys, and if they both win one after another, That's you want to cash that. Yeah, sure. Right. But it turns out, from everything that I've experienced over my uh, 40 years of playing, that the first play you should make is your regular bet in the first race, which is the, you know, the exact spread the way we've detailed. And then maybe take 10%. So if you bet $100, maybe make a $10 double to the horse you like in the second, the, the pop-out key in the second. Don't do a crazy big spread. You're already doing that in, in the exacta. Mm-hmm. And then if you win, you come back and do your, your spread and it waited a little more to coming in second because you have the live daily double ticket. You don't have to bet your horse in the second half to win. All right, now- so you really still want to have... Your spreads bet in both races before you put the double in. Okay, now let me ask you this. Sure. When you get the first one in and you look at right. the daily double possibilities, would you then kind of, uh, you know, kind of judge your uh, second uh, bets and putting them in second place by virtue of how much money you're going to get in your double? Well, yeah, I mean, you're. If the horse wins the second leg and you have the double ticket going, that's like a win bet. That yeah. should that should. So, and using the information from the uh, daily double pool or the exacta pool to build your bet is, you know, more information. You should be able to make a little bit better bet. So mm-hmm. that's smart. That's that's wise, certainly. But you still really want to have that second bet structured the way you nor- fairly close to the way you normally do it. Just a little bit weighted to the place pool, that's all. All right. Now, got to remind everybody, Jerry J's Power Pages for Santa Anita and Aqueduct will kick up uh, Aqueduct on Friday and Santa Anita. And with those carryovers on Friday, you're going to want that uh, Power Page, that's for sure. One more thing to say. Say it, Jerry. Have a great race day, everybody.